All right, so what do you do at a tattoo convention? Or more importantly, I guess, for this, why do you do a tattoo convention? Well, if you're an artist, you do it because you need to. Because you have to. You have to, trust me. If you're, you, you always run, run the risk of being a big fish in a small pond, or even just being a small fish in a small pond. At least go out and see the big fish, and then you can come back and be a big fish in a small pond. Just by seeing them, you know? Uh, but that's why you, you go out there. You go out there to, to further yourself, to inspire yourself. When you get bored, as I often do, uh, of tattooing, uh, you go out there and you get inspired by going next to these awesome tattoo artists, seeing what they do. Uh, taking some seminars, learning tips, spending some money on the shit that you love. The education shouldn't be free. If it's free, you're going to forget it anyway. So go and, and spend some money and learn some tips and tricks. Philly's a great one. We're just leaving it. I already talked about that, though, so I'm going to try and not talk about that. Instead, what I want to talk about is what it's like to go back out to a tattoo convention because uh, I've got two days at home this week. <clears throat> well, if we really drive our asses off tonight, we have two days home. And that's that's kind of the life, too. So, like, it kind of, I guess, depends on how much of a pro you are as to how your week starts but when you're a pro you're you're the the week starts like you know tuesday wednesday kind of slowly gathering your your materials when you're sub pro which is what i am uh you start moments before you pack gathering your materials uh, the things that you've used up the last time you went out and making sure that you don't need to buy everything brand new when you get there and just just to end up coming back with another fucking did we leave those medicide wipes actually behind no we got them all right uh, and then there's this um it's funny we'll talk about medicide wipes in a minute and why i'm talking about them now but damn it kyle stay focused just keep plowing ahead we're on we're on tuesday maybe thursday Possibly Wednesday, oftentimes Wednesday, because again, when you're a sub pro like myself, you uh, you give two days of travel because that one day driving like we're doing today is stupid. We're doing what we're doing stupid. We know that, right? Okay, yeah. So what we're doing right now, this kind of thing, is dumb. Why are you going to tax your body like that? It costs a hundred and forty dollars for a good massage. You know what I mean? How much money are you saving? Get a hotel. And, uh, you know, because a good massage, $140, is $280 when you both got to get one. So when you get a $100 hotel, you're really saving money. Okay? You got to think about it with the long term, you know, of all the costs that go involved. So, uh you start out Thursday, gathering your stuff. Then you, you pack it all inside of your vehicle, depending on how you like to drive. Uh, your vehicle may treat you like, you know, you're packed inside of sardines, like we are in my little HHR with how many, how many miles we got? My wife's checking the mileage. 373,000 miles on our little HHR. Uh, that's a lot. If you've ever put more than 100,000 miles on a vehicle before, 
you know, you get to kind of, it's like a worn glove for you now, you know, you know all its nooks and crannies. Uh, you know maybe how to maximize it, and you know everything that kind of limits it, too. But this little girl, she's doing great. Uh, she's been underneath a semi. She took a couple of hits. She's not the prettiest thing. <laughs> we hit some black ice once. Everybody was skidding, including the semi next to us. Candy uh, overturned needing to, to avoid uh, going in a trajectory that would have smashed us into a, a tow truck that was skidded out on the side of the highway from a previous skid. And uh, that bumped us into a semi that we went underneath and we had to fear that the wheels were going to smash us. But luckily the ice was 100% slick everywhere. And so that nice little bump from the semi actually sent us back in the other direction where we just missed the, the tow truck and nestled safely uh, kind of mostly a little uh, kind of not we weren't safe but we nestled into a snowbank on the edge where we could get help from a tow truck and then i pieced this thing back together like a little frankenstein and uh it, like these these little cars are held together with like the weirdest shit it's like <laughs> you're like how does this stay together and, and then you know when i got done with the front end and the, all the parts i'm left with a couple of clips that i just couldn't figure out or you know we'll call them spare parts but she's uh 370,000 miles on the road that's good that we jump in that car and and we save some gas money there get a hotel trust me get the hotel then you start out the next day fresh you pull into the city and you pretty much start the fight there uh that's where this the fight starts and it doesn't matter if you're married to the person that you're with or you're just friends the fight pretty much starts soon as you're getting near the hotel just to find it and it kind of finishes only after you finally got into the bed like even then it sometimes can carry over that is actually an important time to have the fight um preferably not in the lobby uh fights in the lobby they really boil up there <laughs> boy the concierge gets to see a lot uh but it's just not the best place your friends are coming in past you <laughs> it's nothing like yelling at your old lady or getting yelled at and uh and all your friends are like oh hey kyle and you got to take a moment to give that now fake smile like oh hey what's up buddy good to see you i don't have the time because we're fucking fighting um and the whole reason you're fighting is just because the stress of checking in it's never the right way. You've already been lost, you know? How many times we've been out on the wrong uh, business loop or some bullshit that you just, you just get lost and you put yourself five minutes down and it's that last five minutes because you were holding the pee for all this time anyways because you passed the last rest stop because you're like, you know what, I don't really need to go. We should be there in an hour and a half anyways. And now that hour and a half is ticking down to two hours and simply because the tick down is happening. And then you're, you find yourself in one of them cities too where you're in the lobby of the hotel but they're like, oh no, too many bums. We don't allow bathrooms. You got to wait till you get upstairs. You know, hold it. That's our motto. Hold it. And then you go through the check-in bullshit. You figure out if they got your reservations right or wrong, generally wrong. So you go up to your hotel room with all your gear. It's a lot. You're pissed up, pissing off the uh, the park, the dude, the, the valet, because he wants to handle all your shit, but he's got no idea how. Because all your shit is unique. And it has thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment that you need for the, the weekend. But 
it's also been taped together from TSA handlers throwing it around. So it's, 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 uh, it needs a certain care. You need to kind of pack your own dolly. But the guy realizes when you're packing your own dolly, you're kind of pissed at him for just standing over there and huffing at you. But when you allow him to pack your dolly, for sure, he's going to drop your computer. It's just going to happen. So there's all this going on. He's waiting for his tip. You're like, fuck you, bro. You should just give me the dolly in the first place. You pack it down until the tires are pretty much flat. You force it down through all the hallways, and you get to your room, which is either right next to the loud-ass elevator where you listen to partygoers getting off all night, or it's a maze of uh, labyrinth. Uh, that takes an extra 15 minutes of navigating, especially with your now overloaded dolly. Get to your room, you unpack everything, and now your room that was spacious, and they take pictures of them online to show you how great they are with a wide angle lens, is now crowded, and you begin whatever. Now, this is the moment, really, if this was a yoga session, so far you've been working your quads like a motherfucker, and it's some time for some rest pose, that's what I say. So, of course, hit the bathroom, hit the shower, wipe the grime out your butt, uh, even take a nap. Everything else can wait, uh, except no, it can't. <laughs> That's the way you feel when you get in there, because now all the amenities are available. You have everything there, but you're not fucking done, asshole. Go return the dolly, because all your friends are going to need it. They're checking in, too. It used to be very common. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Candy? We might have even done it a time or two until we really thought this through. Uh, but it used to be you would keep the dolly in your room. Oh, my fucking God. You would leave all your shit that you didn't, and you just pack up your dolly, and you'd go to your friends' rooms, and they, too, would have dollies. And then your other friends check in, and all weekend would be bitching about the absence of dollies, and you'd be like, oh, yeah. I guess they don't have an unlimited supply of these things, do they? <laughs> so now, of course, you need to return the dolly. And there's one more little bit I forgot to tell you about. Hey, you got to park. So, welcome to your new adventure. Hopefully, they pee, you got the time to pee before the valet downstairs is pissed about you leaving it in the loading zone for too long. And they're trying to tow you out by the time you get out. You grab your car and you navigate through a series of fucked up runways that take you underneath highways. that get you divided from your, your location. Because you're kind of just thinking, right, going around the block. I'm going to find some parking. I'm even going to probably get the expensive shit, which I've learned. You know what? Get the expensive shit. Get the close shit. <laughs> That's what you do. Get the stuff between you and the convention center. Do not go anywhere else. It is not worth it. Wait, if you save $65, it's not worth it. So anyways, now you drive down a series of one-ways underneath highways. You lose your sight of vision. You don't know where the hotel's at. You're lost inside of Baltimore. I say Baltimore because that's the scariest place for me. I come from Flint, Michigan, but Baltimore freaks me out. People in Baltimore, whoo, it's like a boiling pot ready to go off. Cops are going to kill you, the criminals are going to kill you, and probably just everybody in between is ready to defend themselves in a fashion that they think you might be one of the ones ready to kill them, so you might accidentally die just from a stray or a, a jittery finger. It's, it's a weird spot. 
But so now you're lost in Baltimore. Finally, you find your parking. You figure out how to make it back. Your phone doesn't get a signal, but a couple of nice bums and a police officer and then a person who pickpockets you finally tells you the proper way to get back to your hotel where you get back up and you see your wife and now you apologize for everything <laughs> because she's got a joint rolled. You get a little THC in you. You get to lay down. You get to you get to take a shower, and then you get to load up your booth. I kind of skipped over that part because there's two ways that can go. And here's the worst way of it: you actually didn't check into the hotel yet. No, you went straight to the convention center. And then you traveled around the convention center to find whatever creative structural engineering architecture figured out some way to get the trucks to the loading dock of this place. In Philadelphia, now we know. But it seemed like we, I at least, and it took me even longer. My wife, because she, she navigates it more. She doesn't let me drive. But uh, she, she finally figured it out before me. But still, it's like you got to go under the highway. You're far away from the convention center. And then you go up this long ramp, take a turn, and you deal with union. <laughs> you just want to unload your stuff, do a real quick unpack of your gear, get your signs on. That's all you really want to do. You don't really want to set up your table. You can do that tomorrow, you know? You really just want to get your signs on because they're a hassle to just put up straight first thing in the morning. And if anybody gets there earlier than you, if you happen to get into a party tonight, then you want to be able to have the people know what booth to stay and wait at, you know? So you want to picture your ugly mug up there because you know they're looking for that guy with a the, with the skunk streak through his fucking hair. And, uh, and so you want to get the signs up, but you can't because you're in a union town. And they got to unload your vehicle. Some vehicles get away with not being unloaded, depending on the size. You can carry everything in. Other ones, like many of my friends who have larger equipment, have to wait for some surly union guy who is has in no hurry. He gets paid the same no matter what time your shit gets dropped off. And he's going to come over with a fork truck that's not needed and mandate that you put you know your your minuscule uh lightweight items on it and wait for him to carry it through a line of um other fork truck operators dropping it off at your booth until you can thank him for you can fuck fuck you very much you piece of sh and then uh and then you get on with the rest unions assault the earth i don't want to get that the wrong way and their labor sets the, the wage for the rest of us, right? Ain't that the good part about the union or something? I don't know. I know yesterday it's, it is funny when you're like, it, it, Philly is a big show. So you're, I don't know, an hour and a half in a line of cars waiting to be unloaded by the union. And meanwhile, there's five to six union guys standing around all on the clock, being paid by the venue, being paid by our friend Troy Temple to do absolutely nothing <laughs> nothing like work amongst uh office politics maybe tell a couple of inappropriate jokes um it, that's about it you couldn't and then maybe give a surly order or direction to people when they were finally ready to tell the line to move ahead but then sometimes you deal with that before you do your check-in and have your fight at the hotel room but good idea. 
Definitely get your fight out. Get your makeup sex in. That's the whole reason you had the fight. Get the makeup sex in, and now get ready to go out, because there's probably a party somewhere. They usually have a, hey, welcome to the fucking city party for us artists. It's usually a good time. You're going to get there late. All the wings are going to be eaten. That's just what's going to happen. Or if they're there, they're cold. The cater done quit 10 hours ago. Um, and But the alcohol is flowing. And, you know, I'm an alcoholic. You know I am an alcoholic? Is that known? I'm an alcoholic, but I'm more a meth head. But I didn't even like meth. I love cocaine. I'm a weird, addicted person. I did, at one point, get a lot of psychological help through my addictions, and then I focused them more. So I still have gripping addictions, but I've focused them on things that uh, don't have the detriment for me. I don't do meth. I don't do cocaine. Still love cocaine. I recognize how stupid meth was. I was just doing meth because it was so much cheaper than cocaine. Easier to get. Um... And I don't, uh, you know, I do drink, but I don't care to drink by myself. I don't, there, I mean, there was times, and even as I drank for taste for a dinner, somehow I've been able to avoid alcoholism, though I am at least labeled by the state as an alcoholic. I was at 16, I was an alcoholic. And I do show the signs of alcoholism, but I pretty much only drink in public. And mostly because you wouldn't want me, like, normal anyways i'm not nearly as fun i actually you know what no one else is nearly as fun i'm super awesome sober but everybody else boring as shit and then you get in that moment where you get like where they're drunker than you and now they're just annoying you know so you got to keep yourself at the right level to keep everybody else more entertaining because they're not entertaining without it you know they need to be loosened up from their inhibitions a bit so the alcohol helps so that's the party. You go to the party. You hang out there. Uh, if you're smart, you avoid the harder drugs that may be around. I imagine they are. But after you say no a couple of times, that's kind of the nice thing. People, the, the nice thing about these hard drugs is is uh, if you develop a no, it really it just helps you. Because there's a shame that someone feels in offering you something that you don't partake in. You know, even when you hand somebody a fucking joint, they're standing in the circle, everybody's smoking, you hand them a joint, and they look down at it and keep their hands in their pockets, and they're like, I don't smoke that shit. And, well, fucking A, do you got fingers? You, well, you ain't got to smoke it. Like I'm, Even if I was handling you a heroin rig, you could at least pass it to the motherfucker next to you, right? Like, without getting some heroin in your system. Like <laughs> That guy always, like, and I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Who is that guy? Why are you here? <laughs> I, I, I like that guy. He's oftentimes been my friend. But every time he says that to me, I'm like, why? The, don't say that. Instead, just un- accept that I am smoking weed right now. You don't smoke it, right? You don't smoke it. Why? Makes me stupid. Makes me fall asleep. Makes me whatever. Forget things. Really? That's interesting. You know what I just forgot? That you don't smoke weed. Could you pass this to the motherfucker next to you that does uh, you see me smoking weed. It affects me the same. <laughs> Please, get over your high horse. What, do you got a fucking report? Are you peeing in a cup this weekend? Again, why are you in the circle then? Okay, I vented. That being said, I need that guy to know I still love you. But I'm calling you out on your bullshit. 
Next time you try that, I don't have fingers shit. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, I don't smoke that shit. Yeah, do you got fingers? Pass it to somebody that does. The fuck? You don't know that this works? If you were in school and the teacher started to hand out papers and you already happened to have yours somehow, somebody in the line next to you, they had an extra one, got two somehow, they handed you over one because they thought you were cute. And you were like, wow, that ever happens? I'm surprised that happens. Never, do they think I'm cute? Do they not even? Well, whatever. The next stack comes to you. You don't take two. You don't say, oh, I don't stop. I don't touch the papers. Now I already got a paper. You hand it to the person who doesn't have. Okay. It's not the way you treat the mashed potatoes at the table, right? It goes around. Somebody's like, oh, I'm not having the mashed potatoes. Let it stop there. Fucking poor Aunt Nan ain't getting no mashed potatoes because I decided I'm fucking keto this fucking Thanksgiving. Fucking dickheads. Okay, now I'm really done venting. So anyways, you go to the party, you avoid the, the harder drugs, you don't get into the dirty sex, even though you recognize that infected girls probably do it better. It just shows. They've got the, they've got the, the wear to show it, you know. Obviously, more practice, or at least we're hoping. Man, doesn't that have to suck for somebody who just gets burnt the first time they got up in some shit raw dog? I mean, I guess you live the live and learn, you know. Maybe you start telling kids inside of an auditorium somewhere a tale of woe, you know, cautionary tale of like, don't just think it can't happen to you. I took a car, I took, I had sex the one time, no Jimmy, and the next thing I know, I got the syphilis, and now my fingertips are falling off. Uh, my favorite word. Uh, it sounds like a. I'm at a dentist's office. Um, see, I did it again. The worst thing about uh is that it almost uh becomes infected. <laughs> you can say it in a conversation, and other people will say it like a yawn's being passed, like a joint's being passed. But I do digress. After the party, you make it back to the hotel lobby, and as we all know from the arca- from the name that shall not be named song, the after the party is the hotel lobby, and um, man, that's a good jam. Ain't that fucked up? Can we ever like that again? How much time has to pass before, like after the party is hotel lobby? So you go to the hotel lobby, and you hang out with your friends. You generally buzzed. Somebody's gonna do something stupid. Somebody's gonna record it on their phone, and eventually, you say, "Hey, you know what? We all have to work tomorrow, like early." <laughs> and at that point, you look around, and you realize there's only two to three of you there, anyways. Or maybe it's just you and your wife in the hotel lobby, still partying, trying to hold the vigil. Like, you know, we gotta work early, so you go upstairs. And you do what you can to sleep, but you fucking can't. You can't sleep. Not only is the alcohol and caffeine, the all the drugs you've consumed, uh, making it harder to enter that restful stage, but tomorrow, this awesome day starts. Full of all your best friends and full of the opportunity to make money and to further your career and make great networks and connections. So you don't sleep, but you still somehow, you wake up refreshed. Uh... I, you probably bone a lot. I don't know what you do. You probably do, though. If they, if you wake up refreshed, at least, it's probably because you bone a lot. I don't know why. I think that always replaces sleeping. I always feel like that. Funny story. So, talking about bone a lot, probably shouldn't. If you don't, if you're, if you were listening with the kids, turn off the don't. 
um, because this part is about Miami. <laughs> and it's a funny story because a similar thing happened this weekend. No, I'm just watching my wife's expression because she knows the story, but she doesn't seem to know it yet. So let me tell you, we're in Miami, which is a beautiful place. It's full of the most beautiful scenery you've ever seen. The calmest ocean. You can open your eyes under the water and see shit. I swear to God. Pull the starfish out of the sand. I could see it. Didn't know it was a starfish. Just wanted to pull up a rock. That did freak me out. <laughs> but I could still see it enough that it was something I could prove that my eyes were open underwater to show everybody. Uh, it wasn't stinging too much. Beautiful waters, calm water. You can see everything. Beautiful people. The women are gorgeous. Oh, my God, the women are drop-dead gorgeous. And you start thinking this is some kind of place that you should move to until you see the men and recognize you can't compete. The men are dropped at fucking gorgeous. And you're like, no, if I moved here with my wife, I'd always be worried about her. So you're just like, we'll only vacation here, you know? Uh, but it, one of the funny, uh, you go to Mango's. Let's just skip Mango's. Keep to the story, Kyle. Mango's is a funny place. May not even still be there. Man, that was funny when them strippers. Uh, they had dancers. They got the dancers on the stage, and they told these guys in the audience, who wants to get the girl dancers to dance with them? But Mango's got guys and girl dancers. It's got like six different rooms of six different kinds of music. That somehow, different people are partying at all times. You can go and mingle in between, like some uh, Mask of the Red Dawn is waiting to happen. It would have really been like I, I, a huge irony or symbolism for me to be there during COVID, but whatever. So, um, with a DeSantis in the in the corner, maybe like a like a Eagles uh, back cover of the Eagles Welcome to California. And if you're not uh, hip to all that, then you didn't get raised up in the anti rock and roll religious culture that I did, and I don't have the time to explain it. But Miami was cool, and they brought these guys on stage and they explained we're gonna have to hold your head forward though, because it's not that kind of joint, so you can't be turning your head around and touching these girls. But they're gonna dance all up on you, these dancers gonna dance all up on you okay they're like yeah yeah we can't wait because these girls are hot and so then they say okay you ready and the girls in front of them are holding their faces and the girl dancers that are behind them they're dancing around and then they get the cue and they get off stage and on comes the guy dancers and like just as sexy as those girls might have been you're like that is i'm not a gay guy but it's not like i don't have eyes if i had an ideal that i would appeal to then they would be on the 10 spectrum as well as the girls but so i don't know maybe these guys if they swing the right way they didn't mind it certainly here's the funny thing they didn't mind it these guy dancers danced all over them all up butt crack right on the back of the head just shaking it and all just getting on them and the guys with their heads forward not knowing it was guys loved it which i don't know i don't know is that questionable <laughs> like how, did they turn i wonder if they were turning people you know, like after you see that so they're on a trinitron as well oh well that's a lovely trump sign and parked in the middle of this man's garage with his antiques and goodies sign <laughs> oh at any rate um <laughs> that's that was that was it's what year is it isn't it okay so 2022 all right right on okay man that guy campaigns a long time um 
Worst thing about politics is political signs. And the worst thing about political signs is that they'd last like bad Christmas decorations for far too long after the effect. And one of the worst things about Donald Trump and the fucking uh, Democrats that hated him is that war of signage of the neighbors that hated each other. They got to put up their go, go fucking Brandon or whatever uh, signs and their, uh, and, and their, um, I don't know, pro-killing baby sign. I don't know what other sign. I know they fought, and it's like they left those signs up way too long. And I just passed one. They completely stole my story. That is, like, this is, I could not be a comedian. I really realized that in times like this. How I would react to a heckler just completely pull me out of it. I'm like a dog chasing a squirrel, right? And then there's another squirrel. You follow me? You know, I'm like a dog chasing a squirrel in a world full of squirrels. So, at any rate, these guys get danced all up on, and then the moments pass, and the girls get back on stage, and they form the, they, they get to the front spot where they were, and they let the guys turn around for a second. The guys love it. They do it like five times to these guys. They're fucking 20-foot trench run. All their friends are laughing, catching videos of it. <laughs> Anyways, mangoes. Back to the original story, uh, which was actually just starting the setting. I love Miami. It's beautiful. It's a fucking gorgeous place. It's almost as cool as my favorite place in the world, Cocoa Beach. Cocoa Beach doesn't have the vistas or the people that, uh, that, that Miami does, but you cannot surf in Miami. And Mark Longenecker does not live in, Cocoa Be- or in, in Miami. He does live in Cocoa Beach. Back to the story, Kyle. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Keep me on point. Good looking out. So, so the, back to the story. What was the story? Uh, so we're hanging out with some friends. And I'm not going to say his name. He happened to be at the show this weekend. Again, he's extremely influential person inside a tattooing world. Like, if this guy gives you a nod, it not only means that you have attained a level of artistry that is remarkable but it also means that your career is about to take off in a way that you might not have ever imagined it with that with that i might be able to say his name but because i know the man has uh because i know he would want to be asked i'll leave his name out still at any rate we're hanging out and he's a great guy and we have a good time together and and we're all with a bunch of friends, and he starts talking about this fucking couple next to him that are fucking loud as shit all night long. Do you see where this one's going already? <laughs> yes, it's going back to the elevator ride back home where we share the elevator to the seventh floor. <laughs> and then we take the same left turn. And all night he's been bitching about this couple going at it, and we've all been making comments. It's become a running joke. And now as we walk down the hallway to our respective rooms, we recognize (laughs) that one of the two of us was the punchline. One of the two of the three of us was the punchline or one of us was the punchline, depending on how the story is being told. I'm going to say that he was the punchline now because I'm telling the story. Well, it only got worse here in Philly. (laughs) We're all hanging out. And now he, he... he didn't mention anybody going at it, keeping him up all night. But as we're sharing the elevator ride back to our hotel rooms and we're walking back to our respective hotels, we look at each other and we say, really? 
<laughs> again and now it has a punchline and uh and we were quieter when we when we got down um life's about getting down though so get down kids that's what i'm saying wear a condom get down don't wear a condom uh if you're not scared of shit don't wear a condom oh and sometimes literally depending on what people be eating and you know how all them everybody's about that booty hole now <laughs> so if you're not scared of shit don't wear a condom if you are scared of shit condoms probably honestly great for that uh make that dirty enough then i've probably stayed too long and said too much have i said enough candy Oh, I was talking about conventions, and I haven't even got to Friday yet. <laughs> Friday, you wake up, you go to the convention, you set up your last-minute things. Um, if you're me, you aim to be there at 11 o'clock. Also, if you're me, you don't show up till your booth until about 2, 2.30. <laughs> You've got a lot of friends to catch up with. And although you saw yourselves, each other, only, only what, five days ago? You, like you live on hugs I don't know I, I live on hugs I really do I, I, I'm figuring that out this weekend it's like I think I go to the tattoo convention just for the hugs and I heard that um, some guy in science you know it was some science that I'm going to believe let's say it like that you know what I mean so some science that I'm going to believe because it feels right for me you got to get four hugs a day or you're going to become a homicidal maniac that's static status statisticians that I trust came up with those numbers um, so four hugs a day so I get I don't know 30 or 50 of them sometimes I go in twice I go in twice like I forgot if I hug somebody I'm like fuck I'm gonna hug you I kind of got a general rule because I'm such a hugger and people are sometimes also such a oh my god he's huggy they, like some people you know whatever they got some stress and you might like bring it out like you're white and a dude like that's probably their attacker that's probably the person that caused them the stress i'm just saying statistically i'm not saying like that's who we are okay i'm just saying that's the majority of motherfuckers and also it's the majority of people that do that i guess really uh but it's just a majority i ain't saying the other people ain't doing it god bless you i believe in equality oh there's a lot of other races fucking up shit okay i'm just saying that you guys so be careful just being the hugger that like me is so i have a rule we generally have to eat together or at least smoke a joint and the, the smoke a joint is sometimes it's so commonplace if we didn't have a conversation or a close proximity to each other in the circle then i don't i still kind of pray preclude the the hug but once we eat together i you have you have in my opinion you definitely should feel the freedom and ability to tell me hey don't hug me i don't like being touched without me you know overriding and, and being some kind of fucking huggy guy but I'm, I'm a hugger that's why i knew i was too stupid to keep from getting the covid and travel i had to take the year off because i'm like you're gonna get the covid and worse for me is the thought of spreading the covid and uh and and it if if some of the science that i believe has a possibility of being right when I think of these numbers in a grander scale, I come up with an idea of lessening the load in the carrier's nose is also going to lessen the exposure to everybody. And I'm just going to be done with that because I, I know I'm a fucking sheep. And no one wants to hear the sheep trying, bah, bah, lead you. 
Didn't I tell him I'll be your shepherd? I'll, I'll be your shepherd. I will lay you down into the still water where you will drown. Uh, I will, I will choke you in the shallow water before you get too deep. Did they do an Edie Brickell song, Heavy Metal? Shouldn't they do a Heavy Metal Edie Brickell song? Choke me in the shallow water before I get too deep. No. No. I think most people thought it was shove me in the shallow water anyways, and most people also don't know about Edie Brickell or that she married Paul Simon. And I think that was the end of her career. I imagine that he probably, like most white men, killed his wife and then buried her in the base. I'm kidding. I don't hate white men. Most of my friends are white men, okay? Like, quit it. I'm not racist. Okay, moving along. Um, You're on Friday. <laughs> you do a couple of tattoos. You fight with the people. You've been doing this a long time, though, so you learned a couple of things. Number one, you learned, hey, I'm not your guy. Hey, let me tell you, if you're new in the industry and you're at a convention, it's Friday, the first day you get to tattoo. Don't worry about being everybody's guy. Trust me, it doesn't pay off. Chasing down everybody's tattoo, you know. A girl this weekend, I talked with Stitch. I want to give her a shout-out. Stitch, awesome girl. She's working across from me at Boneface's place. She's a black girl. She's a girl. Both of those things do not necessarily always translate to an easy time in tattoos. It is honestly getting much, much easier. And because of the hardship that existed before, somebody might try to argue that it's easier. Okay, I'll usually be that guy. Not necessarily about the black skin, but it's getting to be where if you got a good set of titties, you're going far. Just saying. You got a pretty small good set of titties and you ain't scared of exploiting them. And I'm telling you, do. Do exploit them. I, do, I still got the skunk picture of my face behind me at the show. Don't think that's changing. I'm riding this fucking wagon till the wheels fall off and then I'm going to duct tape them things back on and then I'm going to turn it into a fucking sled and look for snow. Okay? <laughs> like, do it. Whatever it takes to make you successful enough to continue yourself inside of this industry. If you want if you got to have a fans only, only fans, fans only page, one of those, whatever it is. If you got to have, you can see how much I'm into. Pornhub is where I needed to progress with it. Not trying to simp for a bunch of people. Ain't that what it is? Not trying to be some simp. <laughs> it is weird. I don't know. I've, I've, I grew up with that voyeuristic, like I'd rather not think they're watching back. The whole idea of commenting to some girl who's got a vibrating butt plug in her butthole. <laughs> like, the time that it takes to type. Who types with one hand? Do you lose your erection in the typing? Is is there a fear that eventually, like, part of the keyboard and the contact of that actually becomes part of the erotic stimulation? And now you can't get off without fucking putting an LOL on or something? Or some kind of uh, eggplant emoji button? Like, it's, 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 a, it's a concern of mine. I'm just saying. Moving along. What were we talking about? Friday? So I'm telling you, if you're a new tattoo artist, get a no. Or get an idea of where people are at who do things better. I don't like doing lettering. And it's really going to steal me. I, I have a $600 minimum. I'll talk about that for a minute. Where are $600? Fuck you, Kyle. That's the first thing I want to think of. Someone tells me, oh, I got a $600 minimum. 
Oh, yeah, fuck off. Thanks. And I get it. People do. I mean, I get that. I don't mean I get that. I understand that. I mean, I get it. People say, fuck off, Kyle. They hear the 600. And I say it, though, with a soft enough eye that I hope they're not, you know, that I understand it's a thing. But at the same time, as I, I deliver it like this. I, say, I have a $600 minimum. But that isn't to rip you off. That is to make sure that we're doing artwork that is going to allow me to provide my unique perspective, my unique abilities to the tattoo. It, for less than $600, I find I can't do it. And the thing that that also does that is a benefit, like like say I'm just next to Joe Schmo, tattoo artist, great guy, and I fucking love him, right? And me and Joe Schmo, we hang out together all the time, right? Matter of fact, he's possibly a better artist than me. We're, we're chomping at the bit. You know, we're learning at the same clip. We're at the same place. So, of course, we're learning at the same clip. We're at the same seminars. We're next to the same great people, and we're tattooing, we're learning. And then I'm on a TV show, and Joe Schmo is not. Right, And then people come up to me and they're taking pictures with me. And Joe Schmo, even if he's a better artist than me, they're not as interested. And sometimes they even skip over Joe Schmo because they got their moment of energy, their contact. And it felt weird to hang around or linger around that same place. So Joe Schmo actually ends up losing business. Right? And me, I'm stuck doing fucking names that I goddamn hate. I'm doing mandalas that somebody else loves and by their love of, is going to do a better job of. So if you're new at this convention, learn uh, your, your, your area a bit. You learn some of the people. Meet your neighbors. Find out what they like and what they specialize in. And if you get the chance to give them a tattoo that you don't specialize in, then do it. You'll, you, trust me, you'll benefit from it. They'll give you information and things that you'll use much longer than whatever the amount of money you would get for doing that tattoo that you didn't do. Or if you're in that and that's your style as well, then by all means, fucking drop it down like you was fucking putting a competition. And put a gauntlet down on them motherfuckers. Be like, well, this is the first motherfucker getting this tattoo this weekend. This style, and I'm showing you where I'm at. And let's do it. In a fun sense of the competition that will inspire everybody to come up to a greater level right that's a, and that's with your neighbors and even around the area i've got so many friends at this villain arts tattoo convention and uh, excuse me on the just the circuit alone now i, I can generally say so-and-so is going to do this way better than me you can have them do it don't worry about me oh i'm sorry sorry for drinking like i've done enough radio <laughs> that i've learned there's an amount of silence that is unpalatable um, but boy, am I parched. My ears treat, keep popping through these Pennsylvania mountains. Uh, Friday. We're at Friday. Kyle, let's move on through Friday. You've done a couple of tattoos now because what happened? You sent the ones that were just going to keep you from finding your fucking, your client. Your client's out there. Remember that. Your fish is out there. That's why you're at the show. You're changing the dynamic of supply versus demand. And thereby changing your necessity to do every style of tattooing. And now you're getting to a place where you can begin to find out what you love and what you want to specialize your tattooing career and direction in. Because at the end of, the, of, of your career, if you don't have a specialty, um, you may not have the same longevity. I'll explain it like this. I'm finding my specialty is doing certain types of work that will allow me to work with a shaky hand and a bad memory. 
and a lack of imagination or ability to keep up with these kids that keep pushing the envelope. And I will not feel bad about that. I'm not about to cut on Jack Rudy, okay? But it might sound like that. I would never. Oh, my God. It's even hurt to say, and I'm prepared for the backlash. But Jack Rudy is doing a style still that he can do forever, that he is unique to. But it's not this progressive style or this thing that other artists can't do. Other artists can do it, and some may be even possibly achieve a result that might even be faster or cheaper. Probably certainly cheaper, as I've, as I've heard many people's stories. But, God damn it, you're getting a Jack Rudy tattoo for a reason. You're not getting a Jack Rudy tattoo because you're, like, trying to find out who can do this for the, for the cheapest price. Who's the hungriest? Uh, we learned something when I was a roofer about selling roofs um, from one of the salesmen. And we sold a roof. I, I've sold all kinds. Of, no, I haven't. I have sold some roofs, but I've I've done all kinds of roofs. Expensive roofs, ghetto roofs, roofs where it was just a twenty, a thirty pack of beer or whatever that a friend pulled out, and we all started drinking, and we just slapped some shit down, and we fucking whatever. We hoped for the best, and when it started leaking, he knew what he got himself into, and he saved enough money that you know it. He could he could afford to redo the drywall and find the and patch the hole, you know. And I've also done roofs that were middle of the line that small companies trying to compete, hungry companies were doing. Um, and and we'll say that that's kind of like the scratcher, the apprentice in tattooing. And then there's the higher end of tattoos. And they have their own divided class and classifications too, right? But those people are at the spot in their career where they're, they're, a, they're funding their families, you know? They have bills. They can't cut the corners and burn the midnight oil like the young timers that are full of passion for this are because they're also learning. They've come to a spot where they get paid more and they should. They have to. You're taking a chance with that hungry kid who's learning something. I remember several times being hungry, doing cheaper work, and finding myself... In, in, in when I get introspective on it, I find myself making choices that were made not just in, in the desire of being more efficient or quicker, but were also made that were detrimental to the tattoo as a matter of not wanting to, not having the energy left even because I'm trying to do it so quick and everything, not having the energy left to pay enough attention to do it proper. Klingon forehead's a big one I used to do. And a lot of times I'd be forced because I would try to do a, a, a portrait for cheaper than I should have. And at the, some point, you realize you're behind the eight ball because you're kind of stealing money out of your kid's mouth. Or at least time from hanging out with them and making them a better person and functioning member of society. You know, at one point you'd rather be fishing and getting a quality of life than you would be tattooing and losing that quality of life for a transfer of money or for knowledge at least. The, the money becomes a lubrication that you can pause, you can take a break. You can treat yourself good enough to have the concentration, you know? Concert pianists, concert penis, pianists, it does sound funny to me every time I say it. Like you give a concert with your whole penis, huh? Wow, and people show up and they pay big money. Well, these guys gotta concentrate for long amounts of time and that's some of the harder thing is remembering the notes and the concentration. It's one of the harder things about the concert pianists. 
Same goes with tattooing. And if you don't treat yourself right, you'll find yourself at the end of it. This is a concert pianist that isn't hitting that high level. He can't fucking maintain that concentration for that long amount of time. Neither can you. So it can hurt your tattoos when you're charging less. When you also charge more, you help your, your fellow tattoo artist. Like Joe Schmo. When somebody comes to him and they say, hey, I want to do some lettering or I want to do this relatively more basic tattoo or whatever. The, the, and this dickhead over here told me 600 fucking bucks. And he says 400, which is maybe still higher than the guy was ready. He was thinking, well, I'm at a convention. Aren't they supposed to be free? I paid at the door. So maybe he was at free. I started him out at 600. When the guy hits him at four, then all of a sudden it all makes sense. And he's like, yeah, four, four sounds good. And he doesn't even balk at the price. I've helped that man. And I owe a certain amount to the industry, don't I, as well? And if it benefits me in some case, too, then I am navigating this properly. And I believe I am. I'm seeing the results because people do. They move on from, you know, from, oh, we can't use that. They move on from me and they go and get tattooed by my friends. Sometimes they feel bad because I, I get around. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times I'll see them again. I'll see them sitting in the chair of one of my friends getting the tattoo done. Trust me, I've already moved on. It's not hurting me. They'll almost be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I hope he's not mad. I went and got a tattoo for cheaper. I am not mad. <laughs> this is, you know, all working out the way it's supposed to. So that's Friday. No, it's not. You got to eat. You're hungry. And if you're a pro like me, then you brought a bunch of snacks and they're hidden under your table and you brought them in on Friday during load up, load in, um, because you stopped, uh, well, I guess I skipped the part where you stopped at Walmart and grabbed all your groceries. That's part of the fight too, to be honest, because, you know, you're trying to think of stuff you need and it becomes a stressful moment. Like, what if we need this and we don't get that? Well, how much paper towel are we going to need? You know, do we want to bring some for friends? Because, you know, if you got paper towel... Somebody else is going to be like, dude, did you bring one? Yeah, of course. I thought about you at the checkout. Why wouldn't I think about all my friends at the checkout who weren't thinking about me at the checkout? So anyways, you're going to have to give some some paper towel away. But no big deal. So you're trying to figure that out. You went to Walmart. You brought in your alcohol and you brought in your snacks. Stuff that can stay outside of a cooler, a lot of chopped tuna fish and chicken with crackers or you know chopped chicken with crackers kind of you know meal deals protein bars uh espresso peanuts or excuse me chocolate covered espresso beans because fuck yes um and your things like that if you're not then you're stuck and it sucks because all you get to eat is you know a 14 dollar chicken tenders that are fried and breaded and bad for you they make you feel like shit they're 14 bucks that makes you feel like shit uh and sometimes they don't let you out of the eating area or you can't take it back to your booth and you have to find some other place to have it even. which is honestly just makes sense <laughs> but we're tattoo artists so we're gonna bitch about it <laughs> I eat inside of my booth when they allow me and I'm very careful and I try to be very careful because I'm recognizing that point I could be bringing bacteria that could hurt my client uh, and I could also more importantly to, to me that's why I, the universal precautions and the cautions is ever present or I try to keep it ever present it, and, and because it's synonymous with say, helping my client is I am more likely statistically to be vulnerable to that same problem so I have to I try to be very cautious if I'm eating in my booth but I'd much rather eat in my booth than out at some um, 
eatery area, the heads up, health department is also covered in blood. Probably more. <laughs> Unfortunately more. You see, we tattoo the public inside of these places, and the public doesn't seem to recognize the toxicity of their blood to other people and how these things work. And if somebody's blood is dripping out of a bandage that they have and you point it out to them, you say, oh, be careful, you got some blood right there. Uh, the most immediate thing for them to do is lick their thumb and rub at it as though it just magically disinfected itself. No, you just put your blood on your thumb. You know, the digit you use to interact with the world almost the most, second only to your forefinger, that you're going to touch with your thumb next anyways, and then cross-contaminate and punch every elevator button. Going through a tattoo convention, you should honestly keep that in mind, though, that you are probably surrounded by blood. Like, there's a level that we learn in tattooing of, uh, of safety that you uh, have to then imagine to your world of contamination. And that things that are sterile are white, gleaming white. And things that are dirty with bio on them are red, bright, bright red. And everything else in between them, determined by the amount of contact they have with, and then cross-contact, where someone touches one thing and then crosses another, touches another, that then transfers that color to that thing. So like elevator button, glowing red. Not really glowing, but it's orange. It's orange enough that you don't want to touch it and then eat a hot dog with your hand or pick up a chicken nugget. You following me? Despite all that, there's not this huge transference of bloodborne diseases at these things. Which maybe supports all those COVID conspiracy theorists as well that think the numbers are way skewed and the scientists are all lying because the scientists would probably also then be lying about universal precautions and what importance do we really need for gloves? You know, they're probably also lying about the AIDS. Do I really need a prophylactic? Come on. I'm strong. I got super immunity. Uh, and anyways, there I go getting political. Shut up, Kyle. All right, I will. Um, but then we move on. So now you know that. So the eating tables in a cafeteria where all these people are getting tattooed and then going to eat when their blood sugar is low making stupid choices, touching their bloody tattoos, and then touching the table and the paperwork and the things around there are probably also going to connect. So don't touch your food. Like, I mean, there's almost an amount that you can't avoid of having. So, like, the, the touching of tables, the cross touches. So if you touch a table and then you touch your hot dog, uh, don't eat the bun. <laughs> you following me? And you know what? Keto, anyways. Don't eat the bun. Too many carbs. All right, moving along, because we're only on Friday. You're eating crappy food, and you're starting to feel it, and you probably need to go back and take a big old dump, because who wants to dump inside of the, the convention center? Because if you can get there early enough, it'll be fine. But Starbucks is open there, too. So those bathrooms are busy, all right? And uh, and they no one cares. No one cares in the bathroom. The second grossest thing inside of a tattoo convention, motherfuckers washing their tattoos inside of a sink. There are people pooping next to you, dude. 
it's like sometimes people just don't think about it. But there's a study about the air quality in a bathroom that might be important for you to know as you're washing your open wound in a bathroom sink where somebody is washing their fecal matter off their hands. But if they are using uh, air dryers inside of that for their hands, as many of them do, the air is circulating more inside of there than it is outside. It's creating a pressure zone of sorts even. You have so much bacteria swirling around you. Do not, do not wash your tattoo in the bathroom. When you go to the bathroom, honestly, your artist should wrap you up nice so that it doesn't come off. Don't necessarily have to be taped, but find some unique ways to put some plastic wrap on you because it's gross any other way. And go back to your artist to wash it off and... I don't know. Don't do it in the sink there. Go to the kid's bathroom sink, the shared one. You know? Ask somebody to help. Usually somebody can help. Your artist should have a vested interest in having you bandaged properly. Even if he's busy, you know? Sometimes I'll ask somebody to sit down and wait a minute, and that might suck. But fuck it. Don't kill people. <laughs> don't give them hepatitis. Don't get hepatitis. Maybe that's better what I should say. Because people will listen to that. Instead of getting hepatitis, sit down for 10 minutes and wait till I have a moment. Let me get done with the line work. I'm going to change my gloves. I'm going to go ahead and make up another bottle for you and clean you up. And then I'm going to take care of any of the, the cross-contamination and I'm going to rebandage it. You're good to go. Uh, moving along. Is that Friday? I've been preaching at people long enough. It's not all Friday. Because remember how you partied Thursday night? Well, a lot of people weren't there. So, well, we're Friday night. And although you tattooed right up until the end, because some fucking, I don't know who I want to get tattooed by yet. He's been walking around all fucking day with the same idea. And he has, he's talked to you earlier, but he wasn't sure. And they talked to some other people. And he finally figured out at 8 o'clock that he wanted to have you do a seven-hour piece. And you got until 11 o'clock. And guess what happens at 11 o'clock? The boss man hates you. I've got a good working relationship with the boss man. We've talked about Troy Temple. That man is awesome. But I and you know, I don't want to be on his bad side. Like, I want to always think he's awesome. Now, you hurt my feelings. He's hurt my feelings before. I don't even know if I've ever talked about it. There was a time, I mean, I'm known now, but I was not known. I don't know that he knew me. Or, and, and certainly, there was no reason to. And I didn't, I wasn't like some awesome artist. Nobody knows who you're going to be, you know? And I did some stupid shit in Philly. And bumped an artist one time in front of him. <laughs> and some other things in Philly. It was at Philly, too, ironically. <laughs> but at any rate, um, at 11 o'clock, Union starts get anticipating. They're excited. The Union guys that have been sitting around all fucking day wasting money for no reason. Again, I love the Union. I don't want to say that wrong. It's just, you know, motherfuckers. Um, some union jobs, you're working your fucking ass off. I get it. And some, you know, you're given a God-given an opportunity. And you know what? Because God's blessed you with that, you'd be wrong to turn it down. But still, don't expect me not to bitch about it. So those union guys that have been working all day, um, they get paid extra in just an hour. <laughs> They immediately get bonus time and they get an absolute at least hour to four hours of that bonus time when it goes over a time. It's like contractually obligated at that point. So, of course, that's going to cost tens of 20 to 30, tens of thousands of dollars for the owner of the show. So this person who's decided to wait until eight o'clock to get tattooed is really fucking up a lot of shit. More than once, I have taken my stuff out of the... Um, you, it's usually only if we're at a hotel. 
will I do it? Well, I'll take it up to a hotel room and I'll tattoo some people up there. It's not the cleanest. It's not the best. Probably shouldn't happen. It happens. Um, and uh, it happens because I don't want to be in the situation where I'm not asked to come back to this convention because Troy ended up spending $20,000 extra for some security detail of one goober walking around picking his nose um, because it went two minutes over the allotted amount of time. So that's Friday. But now you cut out and start seeing your friends. You haven't eaten all day because the only thing available to you was whatever snacks you had and chicken fingers. And so you're all excited to try and find some place that serves you food. And even though you're in a city that's hustling and bustling, that isn't easy at, at 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night by the time you even get seated, and then 2 o'clock before you get your first drink, and then usually 3 o'clock before you ever get any food. And it's not enough, and it wasn't ordered right, and it's cold. But you eat it, and you catch up with your friends, and you have a fucking blast, and it's more about the laughs than any of that anyways. You stagger back to, once again, the lobby, and you watch people stumble in, many of them from more fun nights than you, and you hear the stories of all kinds of craziness that has happened, like, uh, like making funnels with dollar bills, putting them in strippers' buttholes, and then pouring pop rocks into it. I'm, I'm assured that's an actual event. I don't believe it, but I'm assured it is. I'm very skeptical. I'm kind of like, I, because the logistics of it, the funnel of the dollar bill is not a strong funnel. It's not going to open up. You need like a push rod or something. And I'm not saying all these things didn't occur. I'm just saying, no, you know. And I don't know how naked they even get to get it at fucking... Like, at the point you start inserting things, pretty sure it becomes sex show. And it's not just like, oh, I missed, you know? The dollar bill happened to be funneled up, and then the pop rocks slipped out of my hands, flew through the air. And why? Why? <laughs> Except to have the story. But anyways, I'm assured it's a true thing. You hear stories like that, and your night's complete. You go to sleep now uh, completely exhausted. Except uh, you're all excited because today was a good day not to do super cool tattoos, but to do tattoos. But it was a better day for setting an appointment for something awesome that you're doing tomorrow. The, instead of partying, you were supposed to be drawing and all night you've been explaining to people, I should be back home drawing, but I don't mind. I can really kind of just get a sketch of it and then freehand it in the morning. Uh and that's what you do, except you don't get a sketch of it. Instead, you set your client down in the morning and you do an awesome tattoo from just straight up drawing. And that's fun. So you have an awesome Saturday. Saturday's the coolest day. You maybe, after you get that guy out the way, hopefully you did a big tattoo. You made 1000 to 1500 maybe as much as $2,000 for some of these guys. And then you're ready to look for someone else to put in the chair. And you find that special person. And the way you find them is just like you do in poker. If you're jumping on every fucking, everything above a jack, or everything that you pair up, you're losing. Sometimes you're losing to tens and twos. You know, it's just the fucking way the river takes you home. So you don't. You say no, just like I've taught you earlier, uh, to all the people that ain't you and that special person runs by. And he's actually kind of cool, but he's been fucking the whole day off. And he's like, man, I want to get a, this one certain tattoo. But it's like, I've been convinced now by enough artists. 
it's a stupid idea. And then I just decided, well, fuck it. Man, I want to get tattooed by Kyle anyways, so just whatever you want to do. And we put some awesome killer clown on you with black and gray and some color that pulls everything back behind it and allows me to play with a kind of trompe de foil. So now people look, feel as though they're looking into your arm and seeing some deep, dark demon that, uh, in my opinion, becomes your guard, your guardian. That's what we'll say. <laughs> and it keeps the stupid people from talking to you. And that was Saturday. But you, you happened to party at a different place Friday with the different people. Then th and Thursday, people, some of them napped. And so they're going out Saturday. And you really want to party with them. So the day is over and the contests have all finished. But you still figure you should probably go, uh, you know, to another party just for a moment. And so somebody talks you into going to a strip joint, even though you fucking hate strip joints but because saturday was kind of like your day or excuse me friday was kind of like your day to have fun and you did that cool tattoo today you all feel so energized that you're like you know what yeah let's go watch some titties and you go and watch some single mothers make make uh you know food money and and you you, you try to talk over the music but but now you're waking up Sunday, and guess what? You didn't fucking sleep at all because you're in one of those cities where the strip bars are also after hours. And after hours, they're neuter, and somehow somebody has more alcohol. So you stagger into <laughs> at 11 o'clock with no sleep, ready for Sunday, and you didn't have as much time to book anything, so you're just taking walk-ins. And really what happens is you realize you're fucked up. So you go and see my friend Stretch, and you get an hour-long massage. <laughs> And then as you see Stretch, you're walking back and you see some fenders that you, you love and they've got a new uh, supply of different things. And you think, oh man, my family would love that. And even though I have no place to take it home, you go ahead and you buy it. And that's what actually starts the big problem because as you see your other friends there, then they've brought what's called prints. It's just artwork that they've done and, they, and they've made big enough to put like a poster on their wall from their rock and roll youth. They've made an artwork design that people can do that same thing with. And that's the problem. That's the real problem because it's Sunday. And, well, eventually it's going to be Monday. That's the Monday problem, actually. Maybe I should just talk about Monday chronologically because it's Sunday. And uh, you've gotten this little bit of rest and you've actually closed your eyes in your booth and you fell asleep for almost two hours and everybody took pictures of you and they drew shit on your face and they're laughing at you and you try and sell a tattoo with a giant penis, giant penis pointed towards your face and people get video of that too and you think they're just taking video of you because you were on a stupid TV show. Meanwhile, everybody's snickering and laughing behind your back and you actually put somebody in the chair and then you do the tattoo with the penis on your face all this time not noticing until you go and wash your your hands you know for your setup and you come back to start your tattoo you know and you're like so this whole time you're like i thought it was like the what you did you thought i woke up this morning and drew a penis on my face well, everybody was telling me not to you know you're about to get poked by a fucking needle by me and you let me do a consult with a penis drawn on my face while my friends peer pressured you into thinking that was a better idea know whose side you should be on okay you should actually lean in and be like hey your friends are not your friends they don't want me to tell you you have a penis on your face. But I realize you're going to hurt me in a minute. <laughs> so I want you to know, somebody drew a penis on your face, Kyle. Anyways, you wash your face. You do these tattoos. It's not, the, it's not you set a goal for every day that you're there. 
of an amount that you hope to make. You usually achieve under that. Sometimes you achieve over that. But uh, that you have to have that or you don't. Sunday, you just never make that. So it's just kind of like your fun fuck-off day. Because at one point, it's kind of like... Is it kind of like... Yeah, okay. It's kind of like when you're selling cocaine. And you start selling cocaine, like, as long as I don't pay for it, I can do as much as I want, right? And then eventually you realize you're selling it just to break even. And then eventually you're selling it, and you're like, you know what? If I don't lose over $100, because I'm doing over $100 worth, and it's a slippery slope, that's what I'm saying. And that's like Sunday tattoos are. Because eventually you end up just doing something you love, and you don't nearly make enough money for how much you loved it. And that person, too, doesn't have enough money to tip you because they were just cool enough to let you do it because it's a crazy-ass fucking tattoo no one else should get. But guess what? Just like has happened already, next year they're going to sit down and they're going to save up some money for you, and they're going to pay you right. At any rate, that was Sunday, and you got in some sleep. So now let's go to focus Chow. You made some decent money, so now I hit up a Ruth Chris. Holy shit, let me spend more than I spent on my first car for a steak. I'm shitting you not. We treat ourselves pretty luxuriously on Sunday. And you kind of just, Sunday's just the fuck it. We're only here for a time kind of day, you know? And it kind of, it's like what resets you and makes you like remember yeah i can do that because all the other days with the fighting the stress and and everything you put yourself through uh is hard but sunday man we tear up a fancy restaurant i mean we, we tear it up some of us do but moreover we have a great time and these guys are not used to you <laughs> they they have to mind their P's and Q's every day until all these tattooed face motherfuckers come through with daggers through through their eyeballs and uh and they get down and they fucking eat some five hundred dollar meal. And it's delicious. We still eat at Waffle House on the way home. It ain't like it's a life changing thing. But we do it that's Sunday. And then Monday. I told you I'd tell you about Monday. Some people check out Sunday night. I'm a pro. Again, I've realized it's better to spend money and just charge a little bit more for your tattoos because it goes into your ROI, you know, my your return on investment. If my investment's bigger, my, my expected return on investment has to be bigger, so I set my price inside of there. I have to get it because otherwise I cannot tattoo as hard as, and hit the road as hard as I do. If I'm not in a hotel Monday morning, it's just so difficult. You got parking you got to pay for. You got all that kind of stuff. And now Sunday happens and you have to store all your shit with the hotel guy Sunday morning. You do your checkout before you go and you do your tattoos. And that's before you can. Now you miss your massage appointment. <laughs> just everything goes bad then. You need that. So uh, now there's Monday morning, though, and you're getting ready to check out. And you... you did I already tell you you're driving in an HHR with 377 miles on it? Well, it's not got the most storage. As a matter of fact, the whole time I've been doing this podcast, I have a heavy backpack sitting on my lap. I think I'm an idiot. I actually have room for it in the back seat, but whatever. Um, so you realize that at that point that all the prints that your friends have given you or that you've bought because they were awesome, 
uh, are going to get wrinkled beyond recognition on the way home because you have no proper way to store them. Or you're going to accidentally put some food on top of them that's going to have some soy sauce inside of it and leak out, and you're welcome to your new messy life. It almost looked cool, though. It's like a weird tie-dye effect. It aged the, the, the paper almost, so I still hung it. <laughs> but that's your Monday, trying to get... You, you packed tight and light to get here, but you're still tight. And now you packed heavier to leave because you got all this shit you're returning with. You get back home and you start dropping it off only to put it in some corner of your house because you, you're not going to pay $250 to frame the fucking print that costs you 10 you, you know, <laughs> so it, it's in a stack of papers waiting to enrich your old age. I feel like my retirement home, I'm just going to line the hallways with all my prints from my friends. And I'm finally going to enjoy them. <laughs> you know? Finally gonna, I have reprints from some of my friends that I didn't even realize I had until I started storing them and going through them and trying to sort through them. I'm like, I have like eight of the same one. Uh, and so by that, what I guess I mean, one one time we did do it actually. We just started putting it up in our RV. We just started taping them right to the fucking walls like it was, like it was like a 13 year old with a room and their parents said, okay, I don't care. We started taping up to the walls and then they would wrinkle going like crinkle all down the highway when it on a hot day you had to open up the windows because fuck it we're not here for uh you know we're here for the long time but we're also here to enjoy it this hustle shit fuck that hustle's enough hard like there's a greed to working too hard why do you need so much slow down fucking enjoy the roses um but i've stayed too long and i've Again, said too much, didn't I? I've gotten through a full week, haven't I? Have I missed anything about the tattoo travel lifestyle? Well, I kind of have. Because sometimes also there's Tuesday. Sometimes there's Wednesday and Friday, too. And sometimes there's the guest spot in between. Which are probably whole other topics. But if you go there, you can guest spot at a shop. But certainly there's the Monday, uh, like Georgia, where you're like, I'm not missing that fucking aquarium. Georgia's got the most awesome aquarium. It is so awesome. You forget about the inhumanity of taking sea life and putting it in a cage. It's uh, it's fucking that awesome. Um, uh, hate me on Twitter all you want. That's how awesome Georgia is. Other other zoos do not reach that level. Other zoos you'll walk through or, or aquariums you walk through and you're like, this is just me. You know, but there's so much room. Like it's that's an awesome place. Um, and then there's uh, the drive home, which is like this, bored out of your mind. If you listen, there's a raspiness to my voice from yelling over people that didn't have as interesting topics to talk about as I did all weekend, <laughs> or that did and I just didn't care enough to listen to. Uh, and then there's um the recovery. Which is, uh, that's why it takes so long to put the supplies back together. Because that's what we're in now. We're in the recovery period. If this were yoga, we just got done blasting through the lunges and all that shit. And now we're in, uh, in child's pose. Or now we're in resting pose. Is that mountain pose? Resting mountains, mountain pose? We're, we're, it, we're in the recovery period. Where I make candy suffer to my long-winded uh, thoughts going through my head. But I remind her that a long, long time ago... She told me with a straight face and a sincere, honest voice that it was my job to entertain her. And so, 
This is what you get. I attempt. But I've stayed too long. I've said too much.